Welcome. I'm Lauren Ash, and you're listening to the Black Girl in Ohm podcast. Black Girl in Ohm exists to hold and catalyze healing within Black women around the world on their unique journeys towards wholeness. We support the necessary transformation, spiritual awakening, consciousness shifts, and intergenerational healing occurring within the diaspora. This podcast is a warm embrace, soothing realness, and conscious girl talk. Come into conversation with me and our spirit-centered guests. Let the journey begin. So, the thing is, I feel like this conversation is one that even if we planned it or created an outline, <laughs> it, it just wouldn't even work. We would <laughs> compost that and something else would come out that'd be even more yes. beautiful. So I just want to say thank you to you, Jazz, for joining us here for a conversation that whichever direction it goes in, I just know it's going to be powerful. It's going to lead to awakening. It's going to lead to really big shifts in my life. So I'm grateful <laughs> to be having the one, one-on-one dialogue with you. But I just speak a word over everyone listening because ever since I've been in relationship with you, my life has just fundamentally changed and it continues to change. And mm-hmm. I just want to give space for you to introduce yourself. And I think on the other side of that, I'll share you know, a bit around what I've received from you and, and who I view you to be. But I think it's really powerful to give space for you to just name who you are in this moment, how you feel yourself expanding right here, right now. Mm. Thank you. Thank you so much for that space. One that I'm not used to being given a lot because of this energy that I kind of carry that um, lends itself to receiving a lot of different projections from where people are at. So it's really nice to like feel into the space of describing who I am and what I do and how I serve. Right now in my life, I work and guide people to unearth their soul's purpose, their mission, their why, why they're here. I guide them to retrieve their liberation and freedom from whatever shackles they may be enslaved in, whatever lies are looping, so that they can step into and receive almost like a divine support on the material plane for them to spread their message, for them to spread their why. I think a lot of times we forget that We are actually here for a reason, not just to kind of be flailing around, but to actually deliver a message that is buried deep within us. And the reason why it's buried so deep is so that no one else punctures and gets inside. But we almost forget how deep it's buried. So we don't we we kind of stop digging after a certain point. And so I, I tried to facilitate that space to encourage you to keep on digging until you get to that message. And one of the ways that I do that is through a tool called human design. And human design is essentially a synthesis of many different ancient teachings and wisdoms wrapped up in one, very much like astrology. You can you know, go to any search engine right now and type in human design chart, and you can put your date of birth, time of birth, place of birth, and it'll render you a chart. And then you can begin your journey trying to translate what that chart means. And And so I am a translator of that language of human design in my own specific way. And I use the translations to guide and mirror others to really embody the message that's inside of their chart. Even if you never got a chart, you still know what your message is. But I think it's quicker and it has been really quick for me to help facilitate that awakening process with the chart. So... Right now, in my specific journey of this facilitation process, I really feel passionate about the liberation process around honing in on your mission, your why, and then creating so much space, safe space within you to receive resources so that you can continue on your mission. I think where you get kind of trapped in thinking about money very one-dimensionally and that it only serves one purpose is to get us something so that we can buy something or or survive or or whatever. We never think of it as like a propelling mechanism or like a, a fuel 
inside of our vessel to take us to that next thing. And I think just switching that mindset a little bit allows us to be in more of a receptive mode than instead of a scarcity mode. So that's really what I'm leaning into right now in this season of life. And and what I really feel called to do is to really share the truths that are being poured into me from, from God out into the collective. Yes. Thank you for that. Thank you. And I want to talk about awakening in a moment, this notion of awakening and and what it really can bring up for us. Yes. But I also just want to kind of note, you know, how I came into relationship with you. Um, those of you who are in the circle, you were blessed with Jazz in our very first guest session that we had um, at the time of this recording about two months ago. And those of you who are not yet a part of the circle definitely join because we we had a deep dive into sovereignty and what it means to really identify with the divine nature that that you are and that you um, you possess. And that is exactly what jazz has been <laughs> getting me to do. <laughs> Ever since this summer, you know, I said yes to my soul's calling with the support of jazz. So, you know, one day I was in my inbox, I got an email from Milana Snow, and I clicked on it. And I saw, you know, that she was having a conversation with jazz about human design. And when I say that everything within me, which I now know because of my human design being a sacral authority, it was my body giving that big F yes, <laughs> you know, from head to toe. Like I didn't even have to read the details of what was happening. All I saw was your photo, your name <laughs> and human design. And it was a yes, right? I wasn't able to follow through and actually attend it, but where there's a will, there's a way. And I got my girl in Keichi, who's been on the show as well, to, you know, join. I mean, she was going to join anyway, but she joined. She sent me the recording afterwards. One thing led to the next. I ended up um, deciding to get on the phone with you for a consultation. And I just remember everything in that consultation was a yes. And prior to the consultation, Mm -hmm. I actually pulled tarot and I pulled the Ten of Cups, which is wishes fulfilled, Mm -hmm. dreams realized, literally a happy family and a rainbow on that card, right? Mm -hmm. And so I already knew because Spirit was like, you're doing this and you're doing... And I didn't even know what this was. Like, (laughs) all I knew was (laughs) jazz human design and do it. (laughs) And I decided to invest in your awaken and align. And Mm -hmm. it was seven weeks, I believe of Mm -hmm. me getting lovingly, you know, (laughs) read (laughs) on a soul level. I'm like, what is she about to say right now? (laughs) It remains to be the deepest kind of opportunity for me to really look at my fears, examine the things that I've labeled as blocks that at the end of the day, because I'm sovereign and I know that now, because I'm divine and I know that now more deeply than ever, I can Mm. decide right now with the snap of my fingers that has no power over me. So Mm -hmm. what am I really afraid of? Oh, my wish is fulfilled. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My most authentic life. Mm-hmm. What standing in my power really would bring and really would mean shifting relationships, you know, mm-hmm. me looking at myself and not knowing what I see anymore because it's just different. So I share all this to just give some context around, I say, the the powerful <laughs> force that it is that that I'm in communication with right now. And I hope that everyone can really just receive with an open heart everything that we're mm. about to exchange because it's, yes. it's deep. And I have been completely, you know, <laughs> taken on a journey. It's the gift that keeps giving, Jazz. It's the mm, gift that keeps giving. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for saying that. It's, it's so wild to me because you know one of the things that i've been told that i know i'm going to be doing in this in this lifetime is um spreading a message far and wide and it may not be one of these messages where i get to sit in front of you specifically and tell you the message but it will be a message that you hear and you will be propelled to take that next step yes in whatever direction you're being called and that was something that i really had to i'm still coming to terms with that and I had, I just found myself in this um, sabotaging loop of, 
oh no, I really need to cater to one, to one, to one, to one, to one person. Mm -hmm. And God's like, that's cute and great that you think that, but why don't you have some trust and kind of take your hands off of this wheel and just go where I'm telling you to go and just sit where I'm telling you to sit and just say what I'm telling you to say so that those people that you feel like you have to control in the serving can actually get served. Because right now they're not actually getting served. Your, your ego is getting served because you're so afraid of, you know, what people might say, or, or if that person will actually get the promise or if their life will actually be changed or, or whatever the story is that you're telling yourself, it's all about this surrender and, we can't really get to that freedom or that liberation or that self-sovereignty if we're not willing to give something up. Yes. I always say it's like paying a cost. Yes. Um, you got to pay for something, right? We live in this world of energy exchange and sometimes that's money and sometimes that's time and sometimes that's our eyes, our attention, our focus or whatever the thing is, but nothing is free. You know, nothing is just you just show up and you get it. No, you you're having to pay something. So if you want that self-sovereignty, you have to give up the enslavement. Yes. You have to give it over. You have to give it up. Yes. And we don't really want to believe that it's that easy. We want to believe that we have to suffer. We want to believe that there has to be strife. We want to believe that there has to be resistance, yes. that we have to keep on falling over and over and over and over again. And the more that we feed those thoughts, those loops, they become our beliefs and our beliefs become the foundations of our identity. And that's our entire reality. That's it. That's the end of the road. Yeah. Confirmation bias. Yeah. No, I mean, you helped me really see that more clearly this summer. Um, everyone on the show knows I opened up this season by talking about my return home, which was nothing but God and my ancestors speaking to me in my dreams, telling me to come back from my fabulous life in LA that I had just, you know, gotten settled <laughs> into only there for a year. They said, nope, you're going to go home now. And mm. after moving through some resistance, I said yes, much to my surprise, quite honestly. <laughs> and then I ended up moving back literally the same week that COVID hit, right? And the narrative that I had nurtured that I didn't consciously realize that I had nurtured in my return home was you are going home to heal your family, which, mm. you know, family healing is such a beautiful intention. But what was underpinning that, and this was like the shadow of it, was that you have to take it on as a burden, like you have to heal everybody else. And also that it's going to be hard and you're going to be suffering. And so I remember such a a deciding moment in talking with you and being guided through your program was when I started to look at apartments, I was starting to feel like, yes, it's time to leave so that I can be my fullest self, so that I can step into this next chapter of my healing journey. And I remember I was like looking at places. I had found a place that I had identified as my dream place. But then I had a meeting with you and I was like, well, I'm not going to move anymore because I'm not done. Like the healing isn't done. Like this (laughs) hasn't happened yet. And you were just like, okay, do you believe that you are only healing if you're suffering? Essentially, suffering is evidence of you healing. And and Mm -hmm. that moment, I was like, wow, I have to let go what you're speaking to. I have to release this toxic narrative that I have attached myself to, that I am keeping myself in bondage to. No one external said, hey, Lauren, you can only X, Y, Z if you stay here. You know, like, no, no one said that. I had decided that for myself. Mm -hmm. And I had Mm -hmm. an opportunity to awaken and say, not today. (laughs) And so that was when I knew, absolutely go get that dream place that you found and trust that all will be taken care of and trust that you'll continue to do the inner work around first and foremost healing yourself healing yourself is healing your family and so you know i just have to stress that because i think it's it's a good example of what it is you're talking about it's an example that we both kind of (laughs) navigated together and i hope it's also one that's relatable for for everyone to some level listening because we I mean, and this gets into the mind, and I hope that you can talk more about the mind and this idea of the not-self as well within human Mm. design, right? Like, Mm -hmm. we just allow ourselves to just follow with what the ego 
and the mind tells us until one day we step outside of it, sometimes miraculously, and then we are given a divine choice. Yes, yes. And the reason why we're doing that is because (sighs) so many reasons, but one of the biggest reasons why we allow ourselves to follow what the mind is saying is because we are so afraid to hold our own freedom. We're so afraid to hold our own sovereignty. And because we're so afraid, the mind is, the mind is actually a very powerful tool. It is a, an incredibly divinely created tool. We just have not figured out how to utilize it as masters to it. So it really can only do a couple of things. And because it can do those couple of things really well, our personalities or, or our egos that are not tamed by the divine soul source within us kind of just sits back and says, okay, well, no worries. The mind will just kind of do its own thing and, and I will just follow it. And then we get stuck in this pattern of comfortability. And that's really why we get stuck in the belief system is because it's comfortable. Even pain can be comfortable. Yes. And that is the issue that we're not understanding. Like if you put a frog into a warm, warm water and a pot and turn the fire on, the frog will not jump out because the temperature is slowly increasing, slowly (laughs) increasing until they're dead. (laughs) And that's essentially what's, what's happening with us is that that uncomfortability is just slowly increasing by small amounts of degrees. So we don't feel that it's necessary to make that change until we are honestly getting burned. And you know what? I just have to add this because this just came Mm. to me. As black women, we have a very high degree for pain. Yes. So I'm saying this with like so much sadness that I feel in me. I'm thinking about people in my family i'm thinking about myself i don't even want to i i i really try and catch myself from talking about other people you know what i mean i'm thinking about myself moments in my life where i was that frog yes i was just like it's okay it's okay it's okay for me to live this way it's okay for me to addict myself to this harmful thought it's okay for me to play small it's okay for me to not think that i deserve this no yes yeah absolutely and 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 there's actually nothing wrong with that realization. Mm -hmm. The part that comes that is really detrimental is not doing anything about it because we don't have the trust. We don't have the surrender. And one of the definitions that God has given me about trust is the clear understanding that as energy departs from you, it will find its way back. And we are so torn in, in our control, because that's that's kind of lingering in our fear, that if we let go, if we release this energy, it won't come back to us or it won't find its way back. And we have to care more about our freedom than being enslaved. And we care too much about being in bondage. Hey y'all, wanted to let you know about today's episode sponsor and the special offer they have for all listeners. Care Of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to maintain your health goals with a customized vitamin plan that helps you feel your best, so important, and that helps support you in the long term. I just took their quiz took me five minutes. They asked me all the questions about my diet, my lifestyle, my health concerns to help address my specific wellness goals. Now I've tried care of in the past. I've loved them. I took the quiz so that I could make sure that what they send me now is exactly what I need. It's really dope because their quiz is basically like getting a one-on-one consultation with a nutritionist all without leaving your house. Who is trying to leave the house? As we step into Women's History Month, I know that those of us who are moms, aunties, partners, business owners, we have a lot on our plate. Small routines like taking vitamins can actually go a long way in helping us prioritize our health and our self-care. So if you head over to takecareof.com and enter code BLACKGIRLGNOME50, guess what? You get 50% off your first care of order. Again, 50% off your first care of order by heading to takecareof.com and entering code BLACKGIRLGNOME50. Please let me know if you take advantage of this steal and how you feel after you take their expert recommendations and get blessed by the powders or by the supplements. I am excited for you.
I remember like writing the, this part of the story that I'm working on where the character kind of wakes up and she's taking in these breaths and the breaths don't feel in her body the way that they used to. Her body is larger. It's 10 times larger than it was before. And she can hear an echo within the walls of her body. And that sound of hearing the echo actually frightened her and made her want to run back into bondage because she was so free because there was so much space because there was, she realized there was an infinite amount of space that she could take up. And that scared her more than the troubles that she had gone through on the way to freedom. And I know that that's how each of us feel. And that's why we spend so much time in, in the sadness and the depression and the anxiety, because we're so afraid of that, that space. Wow. We're so afraid of what my friend calls the black velvet, that void space. Yes. But I always have to ask, why are we so afraid of something that we came from? Yes. And who is it that made us afraid of that? Yes. Because if we just think, you know, just, just see pregnant women, just see babies just being born. We spent nine, 10 months inside of a black velvet. Yes. That was our only home. That was the safest place that we knew to be. And then we come out under this thick cloak of lies and things that we have to overcome. And we have to start questioning these things. It's like, why am I so afraid to go home? Why am I so afraid to be in that void space? What do I think is going to happen if I just surrender to it? If I just trust that what I'm sending out will find its way back to me. So there are so many nuanced components as to why it's so kind of hard or tricky to stay in that free space of you lead and the mind follows you. But the number one component really is how much are you willing to carry that freedom? Because it's heavy. Your freedom is very heavy. It requires you to show up every single day as your full identity as God. And that is not easy. Yes. That's why no one really does it because it's not easy. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, first of all, that story that you're writing, I need to get an advanced copy. (laughs) I'm like, this sounds very mystical and needed. And I can relate with that character. I hope her name is Lauren. Um, (laughs) I also want to say it's amazing to consider like the ways that we also receive messages around our freedom and around our liberation. You know, I I sent this to you in a text the other day, but I'll actually share more context for it now. (laughs) Mm. So I'm starting to realize I, for years, ever since 2017 in particular, I've had very prophetic dreams and I usually keep them to myself or write them in my journal or I'm like, I'm going to put this in my book. And I'm like, you can also share it now. That's fine. That's why it's coming to you to share. So I had this dream. um, It was the day before the full moon in Taurus a few days ago. Mm. And I had gotten my period and I had really bad cramps, which for years I had really excruciating pain with them and then they went Mm. away. But this year they actually started to come back. Not excruciating, but, you know, just the day Mm -hmm. one, it's just uncomfortable. So... I also was, you know, in the middle of my week off, so I was glad that I could just go in the bath. And I literally was in the bath for three hours. Like, every 45 Mm. minutes, I just put more hot water in and just stayed in that, right? And afterwards, especially because of all the magnesium and the Epsom salts, I felt just completely exhausted, so I took a nap. And before taking a nap, I noticed the time. It was around three. And I thought to myself, I was like, oh, wow, this is the time where I had originally intended on getting a Reiki session with my girl, a toy. Um, We had texted Mm. earlier in the week, but I had never followed up to confirm. Right. And when I went to sleep, I then had this spiritual experience. I'm not even going to call it a dream because that would diminish (laughs) what it was. Because my my spiritual experiences, when when I go to that void space, Mm-hmm. You know, which I'm in a yoga nidra training right now. Like, that's what yoga nidra is. It is the art mm-hmm. of dying and learning to die with grace and reacquainting ourselves with the void. So, when we are in certain modes during a nap or a full night of sleep, you can also access that. So, I was there. And quite literally, <laughs> I had the Reiki session. Mm. And a toy asked me, she said, how are you feeling? And I said, well, I have really bad cramps, so I'm 
nervous right now. Like I'm, mm. I'm nervous about the session. And she said, don't speak doubt. Don't speak resistance. And then I had the Reiki experience. I felt my sacral activate. And at the end, the overall message that I received from the session was do nothing, receive everything. Yes. And so that was about a week ago, not even. And what have I been dealing with every day? Looking at my own self-imposed enslavement around the mm. need to do, 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 do in order to mm. receive. Mm. And the message mm. to me within that message is divine feminine embodiment. Mm-hmm. holding which you speak to all the time holding the pose holding the vision that is in alignment with my soul's calling which i'm grateful to have greater clarity about through the tools of human design mm-hmm. and i know it i know what my purpose is i know what my destiny is the end the end so hold that focus on that and don't get caught up in all the other things or you yes. can But you know what that feels like. And do you really want to stay there? You can do anything you want, which is the most beautiful, I guess, shackle of it all. You can really do anything that you want. And and the reason why we really want to raise up this divine feminine energy, a couple of reasons. Like one that comes to mind very certainly is that we have been living in a very wounded, masculine dominated society. Yes. So there are a couple things that need to, you know, from my perspective that need to happen before we just kind of all just fall into the void, right? We can't just like all just, okay, bye. You know, we're going <laughs> to go to the black velvet space. No, there's a couple things that need to happen before we all kind of get comfortable jumping in there. I think first and foremost, using words like death and black and velvet and void and mystery together, really start awakening like the sensory system to start receiving a couple more messages. But first and foremost, there's not nothing wrong with the masculine energy. The masculine energy is the doer. It's the provider. It's the space holder. It's the protector. It's the manifester, mm-hmm. right? The bringing from the unseen to the seen world. And the divine feminine is the receiver, the beer, the breather, the exhaler, right? And so those two things have to be in tandem in order to create this divine desire, in order to bring it into this realm of actually, um, what's the word? Satisfaction. That's what's happening. So while the wounded masculine is being healed, we do have to exalt and strengthen the divine feminine. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I talk about that beingness space, that void space is because that's where we receive from. We're not actually going to receive anything if we can't get comfortable doing nothing. And that word nothing really triggers us. It makes us feel we are unworthy. It makes us feel like nothing is actually going to happen. It actually puts us in that space of fight or flight of survival. It makes us feel like we're unseen, unheard, unprotected. Someone's going to come out of nowhere. Undeserving. Undeserving. So many things. Like, what did I have to do in order to justify doing nothing, laying on this couch? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) But then we have to remind ourselves, what are all of the aligned action steps, divine masculine that I took to get to this point of laying on the couch? Yes. Yes. We never think about that. We have done and we are doing things every single day from aligned action. And when we take action, that's masculine. Then when we receive the results of that or the bounty of those actions, that's feminine. And they have to be in balance. You can't just be laying on the couch all day. Yes. Nothing's going to happen. And you can't just be doing all the things all day. You will never get that satisfaction. Yes. So because we've been so wounded in our doing, 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 especially, you know, if we're talking about human design, not self for projectors, manifestors and reflectors, they're kind of living in the realm of generators and manifesting generators because we have this sacral energy to keep on doing, to keep on working, to keep on buzzing. But even 
generators and MGs can be burnt out because burning out means that you are not living in alignment with your soul's purpose. You're not living in alignment. So you can be doing all the right things and still be burnt out. Mm -hmm. And when I say right, I mean, from the world's perspective of I'm sending the emails, I'm doing the podcast, I'm doing my job, I'm showing up and all these things. And you still may not ever get the material abundance because God does not want to reward bad behavior, right? And that that burning out is not good behavior. It's not aligned behavior. It's like, can you imagine like if you burnt out and then you got everything that you wanted, you would keep on burning out. You would keep on doing I mean, the action that that gives you the reward. This is a lot of quote unquote successful people. Yeah. But then we see them and they're not actually successful. Yes. Yes. Well, and this is also why it's important for us to be very clear. You know, I talk all day about intention like we have to be Mm -hmm. clear about also our definitions with with when we're speaking intentions you know because you can absolutely manifest something and then be unhappy because you didn't even understand I mean you (laughs) this summer you helped me really unpack what is it that you really desire do you really want to get married if so what does that look like do you really want a partner if so what does that look like like unpacking it so that I don't actually manifest the cloudy (laughs) baggage like heavy (laughs) version of what I actually really want (laughs) yes and and there really are only three reasons that I found why we are either manifesting the opposite of our desire or not manifesting our desire at all the first reason is we don't even know if we really want it or not we don't really know if it's our true desire or if it's a projection of someone else's desire. We don't know if it's a wound. We don't know if if it's from fear or that desire of actual security yes. is the reason why we want X, Y, and Z. So that's the first one. The second one is that there's a part of us that doesn't believe that it's a possibility for us. We just believe that everyone else will get that desire, but not me, not Jasmine. It doesn't happen to people like me. It doesn't happen to people like X, Y, and Z. And then the third reason is that we are deathly afraid that something bad or something negative will happen if that desire finds its way to us. So we are constantly sending out energetic messages of, please don't bring that to me. Please don't bring that to me. Because if that comes, then X, Y, and Z, this bad thing will happen. I have a question for you. Yeah. With that latter one, what does that actually Mm -hmm. look like? Right. Okay. So like a, a personal example. Because I think that that one's a big one. And that's a, that you is know? the biggest one. That's the biggest one. <laughs> yes. Because the first two, you can journal about it and be like, oh, shit. Yep. I actually, I don't even want a partner. I right. don't even understand why I was on that thing. Right. And then number two is like, oh, I totally believe that when I'm ready, my partner will show up. Right. The first two are always the like, mm, sweet spot. Yes. The third one is the one that really fucks us over. Yes. Because we we cannot detach like we believe so we believe that our our beliefs are our identity that's what's happening Oof. we don't believe that our identity is god and that is separate from the beliefs that we're holding as our the foundation of how we live our life yes. we actually believe that our identity is inside of our beliefs and so it's very hard for us to say what bad things do i believe will happen because then we think i'm a bad person for believing those things yes. and so it just gets us caught up in that loop and we can never break free from just seeing this is black and this is white. Okay, I don't want this. Okay, I want to keep this and, and keep moving. Yes. So, for example, you know, the the third one could be like, oh, someone really wants to be a speaker, right? And and so they really want to start manifesting aligned speaking engagements. They really want to work with these types of companies to spread this type of message. It's totally their desire. They're clear about that. There's nothing, you know, fogging that. They totally believe that it's possible for them. But... They believe that if they are seen, they will be harmed in some way. And so no speaking engagement propositions are ever going to find them. And they're going to keep on asking, why am I not getting the thing that I want? Until they see that there is a part of me that believes that maybe when 500 eyes see me, I am no longer protected. And you have to go and you have to go into that thing. It's no longer about your desire. It's about where did I feel unprotected when I was seen? Yes. 
that is always the crux. And, and if we can really stay in our identity as I am God, I am God, God, show me, I am God, I'm God, God, show me. Yes. Then we won't be so inundated with like, oh, I'm so bad for thinking that, you know, I won't be protected. And how stupid am I for thinking that? And that's so yes. silly. No, it's not silly. It's just a program that you have been running and you need to figure out what that program is so that you can uninstall and refill it with the thing that you do want. So now yes. that uninstalled program is wow. Okay. Yes. I'm really afraid to be seen. What about being seen makes me afraid? Okay. Where people are going to be actually intimate with me. Okay. So, so now my, my issues are around intimacy. Yes. So when have I tried to be intimate with someone and I was rejected? Oh, that one time when my, when I wanted to give my mom a hug and she didn't want to hug back. So how can I heal that in myself? How can I embody the hug yes. that I wanted from her that I didn't get from her? Once you do that work, you can have anything that you want. Yes. You know, it's, it sounds easy, right? On the topical level, but, but, but sometimes we do need that mirror. And so if there's anyone that you trust to work with, you know, doing this work, it's not always just like a journal prompt. Sometimes right. it is. And sometimes you just need that mirror. And I think practices like, you know, as you're speaking, I just kept on hearing like, this is why we engage in spiritual practice. Yes. You know, because when you're, Deepening into breath work or you deepening into some yoga, any kind of embodiment, really dance, you know, but particularly anything that bypasses the mind and allows you to get into your body. Yes. Then yes. that's when you can remember I'm not this mental program. I'm not this conditioned thought. Yes. No matter how many times it surfaces. And it does surface a lot because for most of us, you know, we have been running this program. For mm -hmm. 20, 30, 40 plus years. Yes. And some of the programs came into our consciousness when we were still developing. You know, yes. when you're talking about being seen, perhaps much to a lot of people's surprise, like I've definitely witnessed this in myself because there's different levels to it, right? You mm -hmm. can reach your ceiling and other people look at you and think, oh, wow, she's doing amazing. But you mm -hmm. know internally, there's way more light for me to shine. Mm-hmm. Always. There's way more space for me to occupy and take up, right? In ways mm -hmm. that bless other people's lives, let alone heal you and bring you into your wholeness and your fullest potential. And something that I recently... Um, you know these childhood memories that you have that you laugh at, mm -hmm. and then one day you're like, oh, dang. And then you almost want to cry because you're like, wait, that shows me how early I was influenced. Yes. When I was six years old, because this is when I was at... I've only lived, like, in terms of my family's homes. Like, we li only lived in two different places. And the marker was when I was seven, when my sister was born, and then we moved to the new house. So this was before we had moved, so I was under seven years old, right? Mm. And I decided I was going to sell... So this is, like, my little entrepreneurship, like, preview, right? I was going to sell my little McDonald's Barbies. Like, my little, like... Do you remember those little hard Barbies that <laughs> yes. they sold? I was going to sell some of them to make some money, right? And some other toys that I had. And I set up a little table in the garage at the end of the like driveway mm -hmm. and for whatever reason I put on this red like this bright red clown wig right I guess to get, draw attention to myself yeah and I went out there what happened every time someone came by girl I ran inside the house hmm. every time someone came mm. I went inside where did I get that message I got it from somewhere yeah. Because there was something in me that was excited, that wanted to offer, that wanted to invite in. That was the God. Right. That was the God within you. But then there yeah. was something else, some programming that I had gotten that it wasn't safe to be seen. No one was going to want to come and talk to me. I don't know. I don't know what was up. Yeah. But that's deep. It is. And it's. I see that experience all day, every day, because of the kind of work that I do, I work with soul purpose. And everyone says, I want to find my soul purpose. And it's, I love it. I love the excitement. I love the energy behind it. But it's not just, I'm going to read your chart and tell you what your soul purpose is. No, it's, you have to go to that memory that you just shared with us, because that is where your soul purpose is living. That's where it has been caged. That's where it has been locked. And it hasn't been given any more time to grow and expand past that memory. So when you come to me and you say, I want to know my soul's purpose, you have to be ready and willing to go to that place because I don't have it. 
you are the sole purpose. Right. You are God's soul's purpose. Right. As in S-O-L-E, the only purpose. Yes. You are, right? So once we realize that we individually are the S-O-L-E, the only purpose, then we're going to do everything in our power to retrieve what that message is that God told us to come down here and give. And just us, uniquely ours. Just us, yes. just us. And that's why we say there's there's really only one purpose, which is to identify as God in all experiences. And when you are identifying as God in all experiences, you will meet your individualized or what it may look to you like it's individualized, but Essentially, what's happening is that when you, Lauren, are living in your bigness, you give me the energy to live in my bigness. Yes. So that's why there's only one purpose. When you are identifying as God in all experiences, you remind me to identify as God in all experiences. And what happens is that when that one domino falls, we begin to bring this harmony mm -hmm. and everyone is singing in this very synergistic way where, you know, Lauren is singing in an A and Jazz is singing in an E and this person singing in an F. Like it may look different. Our minds tell us, oh, well, her purpose is being a doctor and mine is being a having a cleaning business. Yeah, that's cute. Like it, that, that's not how it goes. Mm -hmm. Everyone's purpose is the same because when you are in your bigness as a cleaning supply owner, this person over here that you're calling a celebrity is in their same bigness, which is identifying as God. So we can kind of, I'd really love for everyone to like receive that because all of our problems are stemming from the fact that we're not identifying as God. And I, when I say God, I'm not saying it from a religious standpoint. I'm saying it from an identity of source right. standpoint, right. like an expression. You can even call it breath. When I'm breathing, because a lot of us are not breathing. Right. You probably listening right now have, have probably held your breath a couple of times and we're not constantly breathing. <laughs> and breath is God. Breath is yes. life. Breath is source. Breath is all the, these connectivity things. And that's why it's so transformative. And like you were talking about our spiritual practices yes. and our spiritual practices is what reminds us of that identity. So that when our mind tries to tell us, oh, Lauren, you're just that scared little girl with a red wig on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you gotta come, you gotta come harder. Yeah. You gotta come with something better because um, I heard this quote once by Fritz Perls that says, fear is simply excitement without the breath. Wow. That's really what it is. It's just all this pent up energy inside of our vessels and we don't know what to do with it, but the breath gives it direction. Yes. The breath says, okay, go up, go down, yes. go in, go out, go side to side. And if we can't even harness our breath, what kind of purpose do you want on this planet? What, what, like, what tangible expression of God's breath do you want to be if you yourself can't even harness it in your day-to-day -day life? We can't be asking for millions of dollars and all these titles and positions if we can't even learn how to breathe. Yes. Just everyone <laughs> just sit with that, I guess. Get your journals out. If they aren't already out. The thing is, can you share more? Because just because I know intentionally so you trigger people <laughs> as do i you know i remember based off my human design i'm literally meant to trigger people yes but it's it's you know my kundalini teacher shirley actually said this recently she said a trigger can be a portal yes so a trigger is not inherently bad it is not no. It is you extremely unique to you. What jazz is triggered by, I am not, and vice versa. Yes. It is an opportunity for growth. Yes. It is an opportunity for you to look at yourself. When you get triggered and you fixate on the other person and what they said, what they did, how they embodied something, how they did something, how they were so successful, how they hurt you, how they then you mm -hmm. in relationship with it wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I've had to learn this and I'm still learning this. Yes. So I say this because I want to invite you to speak a little bit more around how you received this beautiful truth of I am purpose and I am God. Mm. I mean, we've talked about this many times and I more recently listened to your podcast episode on the Divinely Human podcast. Y'all got to subscribe to that too. <laughs> with your, your partner, Alex, Alex around that moment and I was literally laughing I don't know y'all you two are just 
how you relate and talk, I was just like, I'm literally, I feel like I'm there. This is great. But like the moment where... Nosy. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Hey, it's not nosy though if you put it out there. It's true. It's true. It's for everyone. (laughs) But speak more about this because I think it's really... It can be triggering. Yeah, it is. Like to hear, also to hear a black woman say. I know, I know. There there are so <laughs> many layers to this. And a lot of the things that we're talking about right now, I'm just starting to receive in this material dimension. Like, yes, it's a lot of things. Number one, I use certain words very purposefully because I know that they provoke us. And when we are in these cycles of just below the surface, we need provocation to awaken us. And that's that's really why we use cuss words. It's the same energy, right? Yes. It's the same energy of why we're using that word yes. is to really awaken, just to snap out, even for a moment, just to snap out of this pattern, this loop that we're in to say, okay, okay, great. I have your attention for three seconds. Let me just try to get all this information into you. And hopefully that will give you another angle as to how you can look at this problem. So not only am I obsessed with words and their definitions and what they actually mean, because like you said, that intention, that intention, the reason why we don't pay attention to intention is because we forget how much power is laden inside of those words. And then number two, my actual human design purpose is to provoke people into liberation. And I cannot do that by doing the same thing that has gotten you into your enslavement. So I have to use words like God. I have to use words like money. One of my biggest pet peeves is when people come to me and ask me how they can amplify their abundance. And I look at them like, I really try to look at them with so much love and respect. But in my mind, I'm thinking, what the fuck is it? Abundance. Mm -hmm. Do you mean money? Mm -hmm. Like M-O-N-E-Y? Like, let's just call it what it is. Because you know what? You're going to be searching your whole life for abundance and you will never see money because that's not what you're asking for. Yeah, There is an abundance of breath and leaves and trees and water and light and people and cars. And you're still over here asking for abundance and you're not asking for the correct thing. Yeah. And in order for us to shift perspectives, we have to be awakened to something else. Mm -hmm. It's not that we're not ascended. It's not that our souls are not these ascended masters who we just forgot. And what do you do when you forget something? You got to remind yourself. So what are the tools that I can use to remind you of your soul's purpose, self-sovereignty and material abundance? And that is through the rectification or maybe the edification of words, like really imprinting God back into these specific words yes. so that we're not just using alignment and flow yes. and manifestation. They're empty. They are empty. What does that mean to you? Yes. What does that word mean to you? And if you are not clear, then I would really invite you to write down all the words that trigger you and ask yourself, Why? what does that mean to you? Why? Yeah. Well, like, why do you keep using these words? I was speaking to um, a woman the other day on my on my live. I did like these little mini sessions, which I thought we were going to be talking about money. But then we ended up not talking about that. We were talking about soul's purpose. And one of the fears that she shared with us is that her brain has told her that stillness equals homelessness. Mm. So she does not feel safe being still in her life, in her business, in her relationships. And because of that, she's constantly burnt out and she couldn't figure out why she was burnt out. Because she didn't want to be still. But in the burnt out, she has found comfort because the alternative in her mind is being homeless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So the mind will do everything it can to survive. So why don't we say things like mind? Stillness equals clarity and peace. Figure out the quickest way for for me to get there. And the mind will do it in a snap, in a snap of a finger. So there are a lot of times where I feel I'm super empowered to share this message. And then there are a lot of times where I don't feel safe because like you said, as a black woman, I'm coming out and I'm saying these things and I'm using these words and talking about these subject matters. But who, who else who else? If you're being called to talk about something, yep. then it's you. Yes. It's you. Well, and like, 
you know, I'm thinking about like why it's triggering, right? To say like your purpose is to identify as God hmm. in the way that you uniquely can. And, you know, I think it's because for me it's triggering, although I'm practicing embracing it, because, you know, for me, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, we've been conditioned to think that God, first of all, is like a man, mm. like very extremely gendered, right? Mm. And then B, the idea of also a man in the sky, like distant and yes. away and far, like even with how a lot of us get conditioned to pray, it's like you're praying to receive something, something. from someone yes. that's far away. Yes. And, you know, I feel like over the past several years, we've seen this circulating on shirts and like cute little Instagram posts like God is a black woman. Yes. <laughs> well, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? If so, then God is me. And God is me. When we say things like, I am divine, I am a divine being, is that something cute that we're saying or do we really mm -hmm. mean that? And what would mm -hmm. our lives look like? How liberated do we really want to be? That's the question. <laughs> How liberated do you really want to be? Because right now you are choosing in incremental levels and phases how liberated you want to be. And when you identify as God, something happens that is very shocking to the preface of like living as a human being is that you not only see yourself as God, but you see other people as God, even if they haven't stepped into that identity yet. There's only one way of seeing in that level, which is that we are all God. And then that brings in the dynamic of humanity that says like, how can someone like Trump be God? Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Trump is identifying as God. I'm saying that Trump is God. Ooh, see, now we're really triggering people. Exactly. <laughs> but, but, see, but see, we're never going to align with our ascended selves if we can't get to this place. Yeah. And the way that we treat people when we affirm their godness is not the way that we treat them when they affirm their godness. Mm. Those are two different, right? And so that's what keeps us protected. That's the divine law that keeps us protected. Because I could say that, you know, Trump is God, but mm -hmm. he doesn't see that. Mm -hmm. So that protects me in my behavior as to how I conduct and communicate myself with that person. And that's what we call boundaries, Boundaries. Boundaries. Right? But to say that anyone is not God would be like cutting off your arm. Mm -hmm. It would be a disservice to the whole, to the sum total of who God is radiating as in this dimension. We can't. The way that divine law works is that it's so powerfully itself that it forces us to change our perspective. It doesn't change its perspective for us yes. and for our fear. Yes. It says, look, this is this is divine law. So you got to do whatever you got to do for us to be on the same page. I mean, it's just so powerful. Like, you know, when I grew up within a very Christian context, learning about how God is mm. omnipresent, omnipowerful. Yes. Literally what you're talking about is this. <laughs> I know. I know. I just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, but you know what? I, I think it's so powerful because sometimes when I'm speaking, I forget that I am a black woman mm -hmm. in this world. Mm -hmm. So I love having these conversations with other people because I have these conversations in my mind and they could mean nothing because they have no context. They have no ground of being. And we're giving it ground of being right now, which is that we're two black women living in this very white world. Mm -hmm. And so these thoughts and ideas and belief systems have to be grounded somewhere and when you bring in the context of this past of believing that like God is a white man in the sky that we pray to, yes. or that God is omnipresent or omnipotent or just everywhere, every breath, God is, I always say God is in the gutter. Mm -hmm. It forces us to remember. That's why we came to earth yes. is to remember, yes. to remember these truths, not just to write them down in books such as the Bible right. or Kabbalah or all these places. It's to remember it within ourselves. Ourselves yes. are the Bible. Yes. Our, our breath is the Bible. Yes. It doesn't matter if it's on a piece of paper. Yes. If you are not embodying that God is omnipotent, yes. omnipresent, that can do any and all things that is in the gutter and the highs and the lows. Literally everywhere. You know, everywhere. It's not everywhere with the asterisk and then you look at the bottom of the yes. page and it's like except <laughs> yes. for in white conservatives yes. <laughs> except for when me when i'm mad and triggered and act out except for when i'm sad yes. and feeling low energy and i haven't meditated in two weeks except yes. for when i relax on the couch and watch netflix except yes. for like we make exceptions for ourselves and I then we know. live by those 
those rules. I'm even thinking about like, you know, so much more attention, thankfully, has been given to the environment, to the, to the earth, to nature, like mm. just mm-hmm. looking at flowers and looking at the trees. And like, we look at that and we're like, how could God not have created this? Well, God does not make mistakes and like god is really everywhere and like we are all expressions of that divinity period yes Yes. period i truly believe that once we ground this inside of our our human vessels a whole new phase of conceptualized thinking will dawn on us and that's kind of what has happened in these like renaissance movements like the black renaissance or these art awakenings is like everyone just kind of got on this page where there was a belief system that was agreed upon. And because we believe that new information could stream down to certain individuals that could bring these messages to the collective. And until we can get to that place where we can just be harmonized just for a minute, (laughs) just for a minute, just for something to slide down, we can be so it just it's mind boggling to even think about what could be streamed down to us. Yes. And we need to be open. We need it. For we, yes. innovative new ways of seeing, being, moving, period. Yes. Yes. This is such a good follow up from the conversation that Mara and I had about creating your reality. And mm. now as the hack. Every single moment Mm -hmm. asking yourself, how can I be radically present with myself in my identification as God, as divine? Yes. What would my life look like? What would this conversation look like? What would this choice look like if I chose to identify with that rather than the programmed behavior, thinking, narrative that's been on a loop since I was before I even could really consciously think? (laughs) Yes. And, And all we have to do is ask that question. That question will give us the next aligned action. I think sometimes it can feel overwhelming, like, oh my gosh, how am I going to be able to hire a therapist or coach or this or that? It's like, you don't need to think about that right now. Think about asking yourself that one question. Yes. And God will, it's the doorway, it's the portal that you're inviting the God within you to remember to say, okay, here's the next step. Yes. Yes. Jazz, thing is, just like I knew, we would go where we needed to go, and it's all divine. We're going to obviously have you back because there's so many things. Like, I thought we were going to talk about divine currency, as you call money. I thought so, too. <laughs> but Maybe that's a part two. That's a part two. Like, this this is the foundation for, for divine currency. That's a part two. And yeah, you're going to be all up in the mix. I'm going to be all up in your mix. Um, I would love for you to share with our community how they can stay in touch with you because yeah, this is important. All, all that you channel is important. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm on Instagram at themoon.mother. Same website is moondustourmother.com. And yeah, right now I'm not really working individualized. I'm trying to plan something for the collective that will really make like a a bigger impact. But if you're interested in human design and getting a reading, you can order a written reading called a soul map on the website, moondustourmother.com. Beautiful. I mean, I I look at my soul map daily. Okay. (laughs) I look at that thing and I'm like, wow, this is really what I'm here to do. Let me try. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thank you. Is there any like final mm. word that you want to leave with our community? <sighs> I think something that's been on my heart is just this sense of patience. So I would really invite you all to redefine what patience means to you. And my new definition of patience is creating space to breathe while what you ordered is being delivered. Ooh. And it gives you something more to focus on, like breathing, just breathing, just breathing, because we're in such a rush, rush, rush. We want the newness. We want the solution. We want everything to go back to normal. No, just be patient. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Keep creating that space. Keep creating that space for what you want to actually be able to fit in. So if that resonated with you, I would love for you to define that word. I love that. I mean, I just envision myself at my favorite restaurant. Mm. I ordered it. It's coming. It's coming. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Period. I love that. Thank you so much, Jazz. Thank you, Lauren. Oh, love you. Thank you so much. Love you. Mm. We'll be talking soon. Yes. (laughs) 
I affirm that you discover this conversation in divine time and that you'll activate any of the insights that resonated with you powerfully moving forward. Now, at Black Girl and Home, we're all about gratitude. So special thanks to our audio engineer, India Jordan, for adding your magic. Khalid Beef, your original music. Valerie Titus Glover and Rosalind Davis for your support in the production of this episode. And thank you, yes you, <laughs> for listening to the show. Y'all, Black Girl and Home is here for you. We're actively rewriting the narrative of what well-being looks like to ourselves and in our communities. To get more involved and to learn more about us, head to blackgirlandohm.com and join our newsletter while you're at it. If you do, you'll get an exclusive and free download of a meditation led by yours truly for Black women and girls everywhere. Are you also deepening into your journey of wholeness and healing with us on social? Follow us at Black Girl and Ohm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. What we're about here is real sustained impact. If you're influenced by something that you heard on our podcast and want to support, you can make a contribution today by heading to blackgirlinohm.com slash support. All right, y'all, breathe easy. Thank you.